Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, one of the fastest growing movie podcasts in the world, where we discuss all things film. On this episode, we answer questions from you, our listeners. What's up, movie friends? Welcome back to the show. This is Anthony. And this is James. We're going to do something fun, something different today. We asked everyone on Instagram to send us a bunch of questions of whatever you want to ask us. And so we're going to spend the entire episode just getting to know me and Anthony better. We're going to answer all of your questions. It's going to be fun. We're going to do this again in the future. So if you have any questions on YouTube, leave a comment on the YouTube episode so we can put it into the next episode. Yes, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We got a bunch of different types of questions, some very, mostly about movies, some personal, some very funny, and it should be a good time. Yeah, I was surprised. Like We got a ton. I, I love our, our fan response and we love our fans and communicating with all of you and we think this is a fun one for you to listen to yeah i have like 10 pages of questions like this this is gonna be fun all right let's just get going so the first one is from tori lavin what's your top film score this was a really hard one because i love so many film scores but i was thinking about it and on top like the thing that i listen to most and think the thing that like gets me so more emotional than anything else has got to be it's gladiator Mm -hmm. i think it's just it's my favorite one of my favorite things to work out to it helps me when in a creative process as well, and it's also got, aside from the bombastic and high energy things, there's some really beautiful music as well. And I think you know it's it's an iconic score. Yeah, and plus they added the new tracks to the album. Oh, yeah. this past like six months, so yeah, it, and that was epic. There's dialogue in them. You guys should check it out. Yeah, that was actually my most listened to album last year, 2020, on Spotify. But for me, I'm probably picking Interstellar. I listen to it. Every I think day. every day. <laughs> every time I get in your car, Interstellar's on. At the gym or at and I'm work. I'm like, I don't want to get into an emotional state driving to Whole Foods, man. It's, a, it's always going. Next up, we have Will Calimano. What are each of your favorite scene transitions or technical shots in a film? I think the Goodfellas long take because it, I think it's, it's the definitive long take. And then... So technical shot. That's yeah. True. And then the match cut from Lawrence of Arabia is my favorite transition. I'm picking for a transition. It's going to be the match cut. I chose also, but from 2001 Space Odyssey, when it goes from the bone to the nuclear weapon in space, I think that's just, like, amazing. Great pick. Thanks. Buddy me- Brown asks us, if you guys could hire any director to re- remake a movie, which director would it be, and what movie would you want to remake? I picked North by Northwest and having Chris Nolan make it because he would probably add some cool sci-fi time elements, and that stu- story is already suited to his his style as a filmmaker. Yeah, that's that's a great one. Uh, next up, we have Chantel and Kynan. They are a pair, as they told us. And so they asked us, thoughts on Australian films and filmmakers, your top Australian cinema television, your predictions of the future of Australian screen work. It's such a great scene in Australia and has been for a couple of decades at least. And I think David Michaud is probably top of the game right now for me. He, he did The Rover, Animal Kingdom, uh, The King. Obviously, George Miller with Mad Max, Peter Ware, Jennifer Kent's Babadook was phenomenal. Gillian Armstrong, she made she before she retired, she made Little Woman, mm-hmm. the first, the first one. one with uh, Christian Bale, Winona and, Ryder, and then uh, Justin Carzell with Snowtown Murders and Macbeth, and obviously Baz Luhrmann. And you know, I love movies like The Proposition, Animal Kingdom, Snowtown Murders are really good. Wolf Creek is a great horror franchise. The first couple are good, and but I, Peter Weir is my favorite. Mm-hmm. He's one of my favorite directors as I've watched his movies more often. And he, he made one of my favorite movies, Master and Commander, Far Side of the World. And then, oh, yeah, we just watched that yeah, a couple months ago. Dead Poets Society. Like, he's made a ton of- Truman. Um, yeah, Truman Show, 
the way back. He's made some amazing movies. He's my top Australian filmmaker. But Aussies, they they seem to have the best actors. Yeah, for it's real. Like every time there's a great actor coming out, it's like, oh, they're Australian. Of course they're Australian. Of course Margot Robbie's Australian. Why, obviously. Russell Crowe, <laughs> Guy Pearce. Yeah. Kate Blanchett. Yeah, Kate's- it's crazy. They're all Australian. Hugh Jackman. Sam Worthington, kind of. More of Joel Edgerton. Yeah, Joel. Yeah. Joel's, Joel's awesome. way better. I love Joel. Yeah. All right, then we have Grayson Younce. If Ryan Gosling told both of you to put your hands in the air, in the air. would you do it? If not, I unsubscribed. <laughs> of course we'd put our hands in the air if Ryan Gosling told us that. If Ryan Gosling told me to do anything, I'd, put, I'd do it. It doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> It's uh, on the podcast forever. Uh, it's a Mayo and Jonathan Falkenberg. Asked, These, they both asked like a similar question. Okay, so they're so we different put it together. People. Yeah. What are your hobbies outside of film? And I really enjoy writing and working out. I'm, yeah, big on fitness. I, I work out like six days a week. You're I'm, a big runner. I run a lot too. I'm training for a half marathon. So I run, th- I, I lift three days a week and I run three days a week, three days a week. I have, yeah, and so I'm really big into fitness. Reading, I can't go to bed without reading before bed, so I read every night. So if you guys have trouble falling asleep, read. Uh, I like to cook when I have the time to. I'm, You're a wonderful cook. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm cook. A, I mean, I cook a mean steak for sure, and then um, I like to eat, obviously. Oh yeah, we I, lo- we love going out to eat. Yeah, but I I keep my nutrition really high, so like taking care of myself is super important. You call yeah. that an all around life hobby, and yeah. once a week, twice a week, we have like a. Delicious meal. We went to Five Guys the other day. Woo. It was great. Woo. I did. Really I did good. eight miles. Then we hit Five Guys. I destroyed that burger. Oh my god! It was so good. good. I was dreaming about that burger. Before we continue, the best way to support Raiders of the Lost podcast is to share us with your friends and family, and become a patron at Patreon.com/slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Patrons get perks like personalized videos, podcast schedules. Top tier patrons get a monthly shout out on the podcast, and the best perk of all is every patron has access to weekly bonus episodes of the show. Head on over to our website, RaidersOfLostPodcast.com, to check out all of our sources of content, our merch, and our custom movie posters. And follow, subscribe, wherever you're listening or watching right now. Hit the notification bells. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe, hit the like button, leave a comment. And again, thank you so much for tuning in around the world. All right, Alex Packer, does it bother you at all about how big the MCU has become the last 10 years or more or more so, uh, sorry, or more so, how so many people act like they're the best movies ever made? I would say, you know, I don't want to, like, piss anyone off, but to be honest, I think it there's too much superhero content, and it's not just Marvel. It seems as though, right now, a lot of people and a lot of young people are just, have they're just watching superhero content, whether yeah. it be movies or TV shows. I mean, it's not just the Marvel TV shows. It's like Amazon has the boys. And there are a few, actually, there are a bunch of superhero shows on Amazon. There are a bunch of superhero shows on Netflix. There are a bunch of superhero shows on Hulu. And it seems, it seems as though, like, superheroes have, like, taken over all realms of content and media. And so I think that people are less are not exposing themselves to great films that are coming out. And they're just – because and maybe they're not even aware of them because, you know, you get in a bubble on the Internet and you only see what you, you have been seeing. So I think – I think superheroes are kind of taking over too much of content. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Yes and no, I think I would answer the question because like you're talking about how yeah, more, everyone everything has to be about superheroes in a way, like all these big movies and, and not even superheroes, but superpowers. There's so many like coming of age movies that have come out in the last two years, and the characters have superpowers, like and telekinesis. It's, it's like they don't need to have superpowers. So, but you know? the thing is, like, it's you're right because people don't really go to see like character studies, and you can. The perfect example, I think, is two Joaquin Phoenix films. Joker obviously made a billion dollars at the box office, but Todd Phillips centered that around comic books and a superhero and a, and a villain versus 
his movie, You Were Never Really There, which you could argue is just as good a movie, but yeah. no one saw it. And that's a deep, intense, dark character study, very similar to the vibe of Joker, but no one saw that versus everyone seeing Joker. And I mean, it's great that so many people are working, you could say, for all these actors and people in production. You know, there, there's a lot of content being made, but I think. I not that I don't like Marvel movies, not that I don't like DC movies. We love superheroes, we really do. We love the superhero movies, but it's just there. It's it's getting a little much. Like pretty soon, it's going to be every two months, every three months. There's a Marvel movie coming out, and there's the DC movies coming out, and the TV shows to watch. So it's it's almost like there's so much content. You're right, kids and young, like Gen Z and young millennials, they're really only consuming superhero stuff, which I'm kind of a little worried about because there's so much other great. So many other great films being made, not to mention being made, but like going back to film history and watching movies from the 60s, the 70s and yeah. the 80s, because there's such a dense catalog of incredible films that have been made that I feel like a lot of young people haven't even heard of. Yeah, exactly. And and studios are doing it because it's making them money and they need to make money. So I think I mean, I like we like you said, I enjoy superhero movies, but I think it's important to expose people if they're into interested in movies to learn more about film outside of the superhero genre. Watch two that was one of space odyssey like just do yeah. that let's go <laughs> watch taxi driver um hopefully that answered your question alex that was a good answer. again pros and cons to it michelle asked our buddy us, michelle my, my old friend oh yeah gotcha what is raiders of lost podcast looking like in five years the number one podcast in the tv film charts on all platforms let's go maybe a production studio Slash too. media company yeah production house let's go well yeah. our media company is actually called mirror image, mirror production. image production so yeah. llc that's the llc of the company yeah Let's see, we have Joseph George. Have you ever thought of getting into the film industry? And what would you say is your favorite genre? Yes, our long-term goal is to be making our own films like down the road. And if the podcast is how that how we get there, then we're going to keep pursuing that. Yeah, we want to produce and make our own films eventually for sure. And I love all kinds of movies. If I get the opportunity to make movies, I would, I would try to do a wide range of genres. But I generally love... I gravitate towards period pieces like dark movies, weird movies, horror, like sci-fi. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it would be cool like if you are that insanely fortunate to be able to make movies to like do every genre kind of like what Kubrick did and, and Nolan sort of does. Kubrick especially because he like was a chameleon you could say behind the camera. He never made the same movie twice and dabbled in so many different genres. So it'd be cool to do that. But I think sci-fi is like my my go-to if I had to make a movie like sci-fi. Sci yeah. Oh, yeah. Not even epic. Like you can make a small-scale sci-fi. Oh, yeah, totally. Really cool. Yeah. Sci-fi is great. Dylan Labonte asked us, have a great idea for an episode, best high school movie. So anything pertaining to the different cliques or outside of high school, like Breakfast Club, uh, Be Up, uh, Fast what, Times what, Rich Mahi, I think it's a typo. Hi. Oh, gotcha. And uh, Back to the Future. And I think that's a great idea. Even movies like Election, Kings of Summer, Edge of Seventeen. You know what we should really do good. is a back to school episode at the end of the summer and do like high school movies. Great idea. That'd be super fun. Thanks, Dylan. All right. Anna Lupker. Our, our bud Anna, she's a, she's a great graphic designer. She made our website. She's awesome. Are any of you guys single? <laughs> I think that's... A, yes. That got a lot of likes. Yeah, they got a like. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, neither of us are in relationships or dating. So. We're in relationships with the podcast. <laughs> Basically, yeah. We're, we're dating the show. Um, but hopefully that answers your question, Anna. Tyler Vatcher, is comedy a dying genre? Yes. So, but it's a complicated answer because... I don't want to be the like someone that just says, oh, it's because of PC culture. You have to be politically correct all the time because culture is constantly evolving. You know, the way you perceive, perceive comedy constantly changes. What flew in the 50s didn't fly in the 70s. What flew in the 70s didn't fly in the 90s. I mean, what flew, flew in the early 2000s doesn't fly anymore. Like you couldn't make 
The Office today. Couldn't the, make the it super first, bad. The first five seasons of The Office, you couldn't make that. You couldn't even do like like a great comedy from the 2000s. You couldn't even do 40-year-old version. Half the jokes in that you couldn't do today because culture changes. And it's not that it's not it's not like it's like unfair that you can't do these jokes, but you have to kind of adapt to the way culture shifts and comedies is perceived, but also it's it's changing so rapidly that I'm worried about the genre of comedy in general that not even just in comedic movies, but stand-up as well. When you go see stand-up, it's so like controlled and people are avoiding specific topics on purpose when they probably wouldn't have five years ago. Yeah, I mean, the history of comedy has been, part of it has been uh, make, um, poking fun and offending people to get a laugh. You know, that has been one of the like part- That's the whole point of it. Yeah, that's like, I mean, you go back to like um, Don Rickles, the ultimate, um, like, uh, what do you call it? Punchline. Punch, no, um, he just makes fun of everyone. Oh yeah, he he was an, yeah he's a legend. Yeah, and like that. And the thing is, it, it, people are less likely to want to offend anyone at all because of you know the repercussions on social media and the yeah. media. And so, com comedians are walking this tightrope now. And I think there's this problem where nobody's really sure what works and what wouldn't work. And and we don't know what's offensive until it becomes offensive in the news. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that comedians are in a tough spot. Uh, probably the only thing that will ever withstand is slapstick comedy, like, um, you know, physical comedy. Yeah, I'm not saying you still yeah. can't make great comedic films. Yeah. Like, I always talk about um, Game Night is, like, one of my favorite comedies in the last several years. But, like, it used to be every year was, like, this year's number one comedy. Go see the comedy of the summer. That doesn't yeah. happen anymore. There aren't, like, Marvel are kind of, like, the comedies of the year to go see. Like, those are, like, taking over the genre, you could say. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's— That was a pretty good trailer voice. Did you hear that? Yeah, that was good. <laughs> I think comedians that I think comedians and comedic, comedic writers are trying to navigate the waters and trying to—it's like playing Battleship. Yeah, but like you're getting few, fewer and fewer spaces that you can work with. And I also I, I agree with comics like Dave Chappelle and you know Chris Rock and and guys and gals like that who are like you gotta let us do our thing. Ricky and Gervais, Ricky Gervais, you, we have to be able to push the boundaries and push the envelope because you know that's their art form and that's their storytelling device and and being able to push boundaries and and step over the line and cross the line it's it's part of the, the job yeah and in, I, I historically i honestly don't think that comedians go out there like whether they're on stage or in a movie and they're trying to like hurt people's feelings i don't think that's what they're trying to do deep down i think they're just going out there to do something like you said creating their sort of art it's very specific it's been around for thousands of years doing comedy so i i'm worried about the genre hopefully i mean it yes you can work around it but it's obviously there are less films coming out that are straight up comedies now. And ultimately, it's hard to it's hard to make great comedy if uh, people are unwilling to laugh at themselves. Yeah, and I mean, I laugh at myself yeah. all the time. Like, yeah, we we make fun of each other all the time. I think you know? it's just you know if you can't laugh at yourself, then I mean, what's the point of living? It's fun. <laughs> I make we make we roast each other all day. Yeah, it's so fun. And my favorite one is you put a, a photo on the story of twins the twins poster and you said that i was the eddie devito and you were arnold schwarzenegger oh, that's, just, that's just facts <laughs> that was great the twins movie poster where they're in that the same suit so funny devito's like four foot I was, eight i cackled <laughs> <laughs> we all know that the fact but all right let's move on <laughs> olivia pacino great last name asked what would your respective pokemon starter type be and why i if you're only picking between water fire and grass i'm going water with squirtle but like i also love pokemon yellow when you get to start off with pikachu so lightning if i could get the option i would go with charmander i always pick charmander every time because i just have a fiery personality <laughs> <laughs> no but i love dragons and i was always like i'm making him a charizard as soon as i possibly can yeah so i want a charizard so i would pick Charmander. i was always squirtle yeah all right gabe root 
what's each of yours most overrated movies, either in terms of like it was successful and you don't see why, or it's critically acclaimed and you don't see why. Very curious to see the answers. All right, again, we're not trying to hurt people's feelings with these these picks. So most overrated movie, I would pick Crash. We've talked about it a bunch of times and that won a Best Picture, but it's good, but Best Picture, no, I'm not, I don't see it. And then um, another one I would pick is 16 Candles. It's a good movie, but like I think it just gets so much more recognition than it really deserves in a way. You know what I mean? Mine might hurt some people's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I really... I don't love Rogue One. I, yeah, I don't think I think it's the weakest Star Wars movie. Honestly, I, the thing with Rogue One is I love the visuals and I love the concept. I love Felicity Jones and I it, love it's, Diego it's Luna. It's really slow though. Yeah. It's very very slow. And I think that the story, ultimately, the character of Jin for the first half of the movie, she keeps getting taken places. She's not really driving the story until the third act of the movie, and before that, she's like gets captured and freed, and then gets captured and then freed, and then. You know, uh, I just think the, the the writing wasn't there for me. The script is was I don't think they did a good job with at all. I think the the opening is great too. Like opening's it, cool because it really sets the stage. That movie set the stage for the extra the other Star Wars movies outside of the trilogies yeah. and then the spinoffs and everything. So, but yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's it's pretty slow, and I know a lot of people really love that movie, but it's yeah. And I, also and also for me, uh, I. I, I like the Princess Bride. I just don't love it. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's cute, but I never when I watch it, I don't like laugh at la- that much watching it. Yeah, it's not for everyone. It's just, it's not my kind of humor. It's very specific. Yeah. All right, Brooke Shanks. What's the first movie you guys remember seeing in theaters? <laughs> and I think for me, it's Toy Story. It could I, be. I'm trying to. But think. I have an earlier one. What's that? Pocahontas. Oh, did we see that in theaters? Yeah, we saw that with Ryan. Took what, us. What year did that come out? Ninety five. Well, Toy Story was the same year, too. I thought 90, Toy Story was 96. I'm pretty sure it was 95. Oh, yeah. So they could have been yeah, either one of those. Oh, yeah. We did see Pocahontas. Yeah. yeah. It's harder to think back that far, especially when you repress so, so many mm-hmm. memories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Toby Golding asked, if, if either of you could direct your own film, what kind of film would it be? Horror, adventure, romance, etc." I think we, we answered that earlier. I, I would say sci-fi. But if, if I had to pick the first movie, I would say it would be horror. Because you can do a lot with horror on a low budget. And generally, your first movie should be pretty low budget. Sure. But I think sci-fi has opened the door for that, too. Yeah, like, absolutely. You think movies like Ex Machina, that's not a huge Monsters. budget. Monsters. So, like, you can do it. Yeah. You can do it, man. You can do it. I believe it. You can, you can make a good sci-fi movie. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Tyler, 1917 or Dunkirk? Pulp Fiction or Goodfellas? Marvel or DC? Harry Potter or Star Wars? All right, I'm going Dunkirk. This is tough. Goodfellas, DC, Harry Potter. I have the exact answer. <laughs> Dunkirk, Pulp, Goodfellas, DC, Pulp Harry Potter. Fiction and Goodfellas, that's one of the hardest questions I've ever been asked about movies. It's not hard for me. It's, it's, it was really, well, for me it was. Goodfellas takes the cake. Congratulations. Goodfellas is one of the best movies ever made. Yeah. And I, I, Pulp Fiction, super entertaining. But the thing with Goodfellas is you can watch it over and over and over and over and over again. And it's, it's just so much fun. It's hysterical. It's just engrossing. And I love it. I can do that. Pulp Fiction. I've seen the movie like thirty times. True. I guess yeah, it's personal taste. I didn't know you didn't like Pulp Fiction, man. I hate it. I think it's the worst <laughs> movie ever made. <laughs> Everyone heard that. It's, it's on the podcast forever. <laughs> All right, Monique, aka Mo, Mo Money, Money. Uh, F. F Mary, Mary Kill, and this is a Sellers of Catan question: or wheat or brick? I'm gonna, I'm gonna marry or I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna f wheat and I'm gonna kill brick. <laughs> yeah, I kill brick. F uh, I'd marry Wheat and, and F or Oh, all right. Because you can do more with Wheat. Oh, an aristocrat. Wheat's pretty valuable. Okay. 
Ian Elliott, the weirdest or best movie theater experience? I say uh, seeing The Dark Knight in IMAX. Okay, yeah. Um, for me, the weirdest was Anthony fainting during Prometheus at IMAX, which I've talked about before, but it was very funny. He passed out during the C-section scene, C-section scene, um, and I had to carry him out of the theater. No one would help me. I was like a dead body. But we got free tickets, which is great. Um, and then the best theater experience, I think for me, was Hateful Eight, Christmas Day. We saw it on 70mm IMAX. It had like the real intermission, the real overture before the movie for like 10 minutes. We got like the, the pamphlets and like a little little thing too and it was just such a cool time like thing to go see and when you see film projected especially 70 millimeter it's it's a different experience it really is because very seldom do you ever see film anymore if it's only during a tarantino movie chris nolan movie and dca yeah sometimes scorsese if you get the right spot but like it's it you don't really see it anymore no one's projecting it ever they haven't projected regularly since the early 2000s really yeah. mm-hmm it's unfortunate, but if you ever get an opportunity to see film projection, you got to jump on it. I'm telling you, it's a totally different experience. Great answer. Um, Isis Gomez, would you ever consider doing the Twilight series? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hop on that. I actually have only seen the first one once, <laughs> so I, I have no familiarity with the I can't say others. how nice we'll be to them, but I mean, we, we're open to doing them. Yeah, but yeah, we'd have to... How many are there? Four? Teen? Three? No, four, because there's part one and two of um, Breaking so, Dawn. Oh, so they, bro- they broke the last one up? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's four. They got that that teen money. I'm sure we could do that. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, that, sure. would, get, that would do well. That would perform well. Yeah, sure it would. <laughs> sure it would. I mean, it was like when it got released on Netflix. Those five Twilight. Oh, there's five. I think the five Twilight movies were like top ten on Netflix. Oh, there's five. Oh wow. I think there's five now. Yeah, I think we can do it. it for sure. All right, Chris Farmer and Samaria Brazil. Uh, they have the Samaria. Samaria. I'm sorry, Samaria Brazil. What was the movie that made you fall in love with movies? For me, it was There Will Be Blood. It took you that long to fall in love with movies? No, but in a different way. Oh, okay. Because we used to go to the movies every weekend. But when I saw that, that made me really look at movies in a new way. I would say The Matrix, for me, caused me to start looking at movies in a different way, if you put it in that perspective. Because Wow, it's very mature for a nine-year-old. Well, the first time I saw it, let me finish. The first time I saw it, I, had, I was like, what the hell is that movie about? But because I didn't really understand it, it made me want to watch it more and more. And I wa- we watched it a bunch of times when we were like nine, ten years old. And it really like made me like start wheels turning in my head about film and about movies. I would say probably The Matrix then. Great answer. Thanks. You did really tie that together like a bow. <laughs> uh, Nicholas Ozaniak, do you cut your sandwiches into triangle or rectangles? These are the hard-hitting questions I appreciate. Oh, rectangles every time. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. never cut my sandwich into a triangle, ever. I've done it before just to like see what it was like. It's like, kind of weird. I feel like the corners would just be too much like too much just ed. Too you know, much the edge. End of the bread. Yeah, too much edge. I, don't, I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it dep- I think it depends on how your mom or father makes the sandwiches Probably, when yeah. you're young. All right, and then we have Alex Batza and Andy Walker both asked a very similar question. If you could give any film a sequel, what would it be? Pulp Fiction. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. I chose White Men Can't Jump <laughs> or Rounders. I want to see those stories continued. White Men Can't Jump, if they, great if they made a sequel today, I would see that in theaters first night for Amazon, sure. what are you waiting for? I've seen the movie like 10 times. That would destroy. Yeah, that's that a would great destroy. Okay. Captain Acrylica, your top five horror must-see list. I chose The Shining, The Exorcist, 28 Days Later, Rosemary's Baby, and Silence of the Lambs. Nice. I chose The Thing, The Exorcist, Let the Right One In, The Invisible Man, and The Descent. 
Wow, The Descent. Yeah. I like that movie a lot. Yeah. I like it a lot too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. It is the most messed up, scary movie. Monster it's, movie. Oh, man. It's one of the best monster movies ever. Um, Harrison, out of every single Marvel film, what are your top five favorites? I'm going Iron Man, Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Infinity War, and Thor Ragnarok. It's my top five. So I'm going Ragnarok, Infinity War, Winter Soldier, Civil War, and Iron Man. Yeah, pretty close list. Yeah. It's a tough one to do. Paige Goins, what's the biggest Oscar snub? The Dark Knight. I put that too. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Spam, is Fantastic Mr. Fox a villain or a hero? He's an anti-hero. Basically, yeah. Yeah. And he's kind of a little bit of both, but he's a fox, which is like kind of like the main metaphor at the end is it's in his nature to do the things he does. He says it all the time, like, I'm a fox. So he behaves how he behaves because that's what he is. He, he doesn't hide from it. Next up, we have Darby Wagner, who asks, what did you guys do for work pre-podcast days? Did you work in the entertainment industry? I've, I was a bartender in my early 20s, and then we moved out here, and we I dabbled in freelance work videography-wise. You were doing it full-time freelance. Well, I was the server for a few yeah. years first. And then um, I work in production, so I actually still have a full-time job working in production. And I did um, – I, I waited tables, and then I became a full-time freelancer with uh, photography and videography. And then the, po- the podcast happened, so now we're doing it. Here we are. Henry, will you guys ever direct your own film? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not a matter of ever. It's a matter of when will we. Is that, it sounded like you were doing a movie quote, but it's not really a movie quote. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, just, it's just an Anthony quote. Derek Ziller, favorite cult classic film, Fight Club. Big Lebowski. Mm, good one. Yeah, thanks. The thing with Fight Club is I think it's so popular that people might not consider it a cult film anymore, but it really is a cult film. It's like it's like the most popular cult film. Yeah, it gained its audience on DVDs so yeah. and rentals. That's how it, it made money. All right, this one's a tough one from Rob Ellis. Spielberg and Williams or Nolan and Zimmer, the duo you don't choose has their collaborated filmographies erased from the history books. I'm going with Nolan and Zimmer. Whoa! I don't, what do I work out to <laughs> if I don't have Hans Zimmer's music? Damn, dude, that's wild. I'm it's because going... of Hans Zimmer's music. Yeah, well, hey, man. That's that's how many? Seven of, of Nolan's movies? Yeah. No, six, because he didn't do Prestige. No. So, wow, you're, you're, you're sacrificing all Spielberg and Williams? I'm, I'm keeping Spielberg and Williams. They've made too many movies together that, like, I got to tune in. Hey, got to do what you got to do, bro. <laughs> That's a good question, though. That, that was an excellent one. Preston Schwab, what's your favorite NFL team? Pats Nation, baby. Oh, yeah. Patriots all the way. The slash New Tom Brady. England Patriots. Whatever team Tom's on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Patrick. Two-part question. Is there an animated film you'd like to see live action? Who would you cast? Answer the questions or I'm going to be unsubscribed. Unsubscribe. <laughs> I'd like to see you unsubscribe, Richard Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I think I have a pretty good one. What would you choose? So The Simpsons as a movie. Oh, that's a really good idea. With Tom Hanks as Homer and Tilda Swinton as Marge. Gotcha. For an anime movie I would like to see live action, I would choose The Incredibles. I think that'd be cool to see live action. Another superhero movie? I'm kidding. Well, I mean, I was thinking kidding. about, like, if you... I just, like, do I do Toy Story? But that'd be weird to have, like, people acting as toys. And then it's a tough question. So yeah, I, It's I, a great question. You chose a, a cart animated film with very humanoid-looking peach people in it. Sam Leppin. 
asks us, in your opinion, what is the best low-budget film, cult classic or otherwise? Rocky, $1 million budget. That's what I said, too. Yeah, and there, there are a lot of movies that like classify for that, but I think that... You know, it, like Saw was one million dollars, and that was a great horror film, and that's like gonna live on forever. But I think just, you know, when you make one of the best movies ever made for a million dollars, like you can't beat that. I also saw one, uh, Super Size Me. What was that? Sixty-five thousand. He made that in sixty-five thousand dollars. Yeah, and I think that's definitely one you have to mention because of the impact it had. Did, I wonder if he did like all the editing and stuff by himself. Yeah, he did it all. Because if you think about it, like oh, I forgot about the that money movie. went into the interviews and, and, and like renting the sets. And yeah, stuff. you're right. It was very low budget. It was just like him and a camera. You're right when you yeah. think about it. Because I haven't seen that in a long time, and that movie like changed people's perception about fast food for about like a week, and then they all went right back to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no I'm not it changed a lot of people's perceptions, just not the majority of people. I'm, I'm kidding. But like I, after seeing that, that made me look at food a different way. Yeah. For, for sure. Absolutely. Watching that movie, I was like, wow, I never thought, I never saw it was exposed to this information and what could happen to you if you eat so much fast food. Well, the thing with it is, it's not that when you eat fast food like uh, like here and there, but like he did it every meal for what, like a month. A month. So, yeah. I mean, it's not like people, some people I'm sure do that in their daily lives, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, but I, he, the point of it is, is it to show how it's not, you it, by doing that extreme diet for a month, He's showing how unhealthy the food is. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he almost died. Yeah. He was going to die if he yeah. kept going. His That's heart what... was like going to fail. And his, his organ, I think his liver was failing. I believe too. his doctor made him stop. Yeah. No, but he made it to the end, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. But like, he was a wreck. He was yeah. a mess. He put on so much weight. And, and like... also, he got depressed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're right, man. A lot. Ha- I think that movie was really impactful for people. So that's, a, that's a great I, low budget. Very, movie. I very seldom eat fast food. Like we had five guys. That doesn't even count. They make it fresh. Yeah, they don't freeze anything, and it's right there. But still, it's still considered fast food. You could say it's just really, but it's not like McDonald's or Burger King or anything yeah. like that. Um, all right, let's move on to Connor Flad. Will you guys ever direct your own film? Yeah, yeah, we we got that. One. Absolutely. Let's move on. Then skip that to Emma. What's the worst and best thing about being a twin? <laughs> your best buds for life, and I have that too. I have a bestie for life. But like everyone refers to you as the twins. Yeah, the the, the downside is people treat you as half a person. Yeah. Like all our lives were like half a person, but and you already always you're always like mixed in together with everything, whether it's like a birthday present, a Christmas present, or like just little things. Sharing everything, like cards, um, uh, phone calls, text messages. Everyone like treats you as like a combined thing. Which yeah, we're combined because we're twins forever. But like we are different people. Yeah. I have an identity. <laughs> so it's kind of weird, but you get used to it after a while. I mean, when you when you're, it's your life. Yeah. But also people used to treat us like like zoo exhibits. <laughs> and like we would get double, triple takes everywhere we went. And people, oh my God, are you twins? People would point at us and still do sometimes. It's just, you get a lot of attention that you don't want. I say it's, it's I compare it to being a C-list celebrity yeah. when you're in public because people always double take at you and then every once in a while someone will walk up, walk up to you and be like, oh, are you twins? Like they're saying, are you that actor? Are, you, that from, are you from that? Yeah, but yeah. they don't want to talk. Yeah. Most people don't want to talk to you though. Exactly, yeah. So exactly like a C-list actor. Yeah. Um, do you want to head on into our intermission? Let's go, man. Our intermission today is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. Get their Lawnmower 4.0 and Performance Package 4.0 right now, which is available in the United Kingdom, Canada, Europe, Australia, Singapore, and South Africa. Those those countries have been added to the list, as well as America, obviously. Go to manscaped.com, use our coupon code Raiders of the Lost at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. This brand new groomer, the 4.0 lawnmower, it's waterproof, skin safe, has a 7,000 RPM motor, which is insane. It's got a wireless charger built. And light. It's amazing. Fellas, 
you got to join the 2 million men worldwide. Get on manscaped.com. Use our coupon code Raiders of the Lost at checkout for the grooming gifts you need that you'll actually use everyone listening for the men in your life. If you need to get them a gift, uh, whether it's their birthday or holiday or anniversary or just like a, hey, you need to take this hint, an obvious hint to uh, clean yourself up with a gift from manscaped.com. Again, use our coupon code Raiders of the Lost at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Great job. Thanks, man. I like that. I appreciate it. Wow, they're really expanding on the nas- internationally. Yeah, so for the lawnmower 4.0. Yeah. They, everything else they've been shipping. Got it. All right. Let's start with our movie release year quiz. Oh, well, we're skipping ahead. Oh, you, sorry. You, wow. This is, let me run the intermission. Yeah, right? you go you're, ahead. Getting, you're getting way ahead. We're going to yeah. start with our movie quote competition. I put it out of order in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> I have two movie quotes, one from a fan and one from me. First one is from Hazel Rodamel. Well, I think I look nice, and as long as I have one ass instead of two, I'll wear what I like. If that's all right with you, you might want to rethink those ties. It's a tough one. I don't know. Aaron Brockovich. Oh, my God. It's like your favorite Julia Roberts yeah, movie, too. Yeah. It's a tough one. Yeah. All right, and this one's for me. This might be my favorite movie line of all time. You shoot me in a dream, you better wake up and apologize. <laughs> oh my god I can't, really I don't know it well let me say it again you shoot me in a dream you better wake up and apologize I don't know it Mr. White in Reservoir Dogs oh oh man that's him and Mr. When Mr. Him and Mr. Blonde are at the fighting. diner yeah. they're not fighting they're just having their you can see oh, yeah, they got yeah. a little tension yeah, going yeah. back and forth good one here's my quote an old man dies, a young woman lives. A fair trade. I love you, Nancy. Sin City. Yep. Oh, Good yeah. Job. Nice one. I was like, I know this. I know this. Excellent. I mean, I haven't seen that in like a decade. Yeah, it's been what a What a cool movie. The first time I saw that, I was blown away. Yeah. Never pretty, seen anything like it before. Pretty sweet movie. All right, now it's time for guess the movie release year. Ghostbusters. Oh, shit. Okay. Ghostbusters was in 19... 19- 88. 84. Oh, I was way off. Way off. Okay, mine is Die Hard with a Vengeance. 1992. Two. 95. Uh, Close. Yeah, not really. All right. Movie pop quiz time. And this, I came up with a tough one for you today. You said earlier. I will see. If you get this, I'll be, I'll be very impressed. In the movie Cabin in the Woods, what is the monster item that the group chooses which starts the ritual? So remember, they're in that basement, and they're all... It's the book. Yeah, in the diary. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, well, you got it. wasn't it. that hard. All right, you're right. Well, <laughs> well you technically didn't say... I mean, di- no, no. It was the hardest question you didn't say, I've ever heard. You didn't say diary. It was the hardest question I ever heard. I guess I underestimated how many times you've seen that movie. I love that movie. Yeah. It's a good movie. Okay, your turn. What is Bruce Willis's highest grossing movie? Wow, you're in, on Bruce Willis Yeah, today. I went on a Bruce Willis binge today. Bruce Willis... I like to make a theme with my questions. Highest grossing movie. Six cents. Yep, correct. Yeah. Over six hundred million. Yeah, uh, Armageddon was right behind it with almost six hundred. Oh, really? It made that much money? Yeah, Armageddon was a big hit. You're right. It was. It yeah. was massive. Yeah, but Six Sense just destroyed the box office. All right, biggest hater of the week. We have a real hater, and it's actually TikTok. The overlords Surprise. of TikTok banned us from posting for yeah. an entire day. We get randomly like some of our videos will get like community guidelines, Flagged, yeah. flags, and they'll they'll take a video down, and then it's just because. 
it'll be like an image of like someone shooting in a movie or it's it's not like we're doing anything horrible or, or showing anything that people haven't seen before and usually it's just an image like that like in a war zone for like a, maybe a clip for like 1917 or like or um like saving private ryan and we will get flagged for that in the video we get taken down but we did one of jackie chan yesterday that we posted and we were just talking about how he was the inspiration for the guy who made Rotten Tomatoes, he did it because Jackie Chan was his favorite actor and Rush Hour was coming out and he wanted to make a website where everyone could access tons of different reviews from the United States all in one place. And so the first movie he did was Rush Hour because he loved Jackie Chan so much. So that was what the clip was about. And one of the gifts that we put in the clip to edit it was Jackie Chan doing a stunt jumping over a car and got taken down for dangerous acts mm -hmm. and we got banned for a day from posting. Yeah, it was ridiculous. So it's like, it's absurd. It's get, they're, they're getting so temperamental with what is like considered flag content. But the thing is, then you submit an appeal and it goes through and you you win the appeal and it still is, counts as a community guideline strike. And we got we ne we haven't gotten banned from posting before. Yeah, it was the this, first time. I think what happened was we had three in a week, I think is what it was. But none of them, there were just three videos that got, yeah. one of them was we won the appeal. Yeah, and one of them was a Venom clip where I just showed GIFs of Venom. And he's not even killing anyone, it's just him, just like with his tongue, sticking his tongue out. And it got flagged for um, disturbing behavior. There's way more, dis much more disturbing clips on TikTok, let yeah, me tell you. I was like, oh my God, are you kidding TikTok it's hard, it's hard navigating the waters yeah. of what you can post and what you can't. And then it's ridiculous because, like I said, you, we win almost all the appeals. Yeah. Alora. And I have uh, another hater who I think unsubscribed. <laughs> you posted, we posted a clip about why Tarantino writes out of order. And then we talked about if you put, pull, if you put Kill Bill in order, it would start with um, the scene by the fire with Bill and Beatrix, and then her training, and then um, then you said it would then it would the next scene would be in the hotel room, and then Owen's grace caught you. He said, um, actually, it would go no. You said it would go to the the wedding chapel, would be the next scene after training, and then Owen's it, grace. This is actually you said yeah. it, not me. No, you said. Don't it. try to blame <laughs> me. And then Owen, <laughs> then Owen's grace said, um, actually, it would go to the hotel pregnancy test test scene. Not the wedding. Horrible podcast. Unsubscribed. <laughs> I like how you try to divert the uh, the clip onto me. I guess it was me, <laughs> it wasn't was it? was you talking. Yeah. <laughs> I almost believed you for a second, too. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, maybe I did say that. I am did a I, fucking idiot. Did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's check out some biggest supporters of the week. This one is from Luke Lemons. Amazing comment. He wrote, been listening to y'all since late January and have been listening almost every day for months. I honestly think I might have listened to every single episode by now. Y'all have gotten me through some hard times, even though I still can't completely tell y'all apart. I'll keep listening until I can. Keep up the great work, man. Thanks, Luke. Thanks, Luke. We appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate that. And then from Anthony D twenty, you sure this isn't you leaving us reviews? Positive. No, it's not you. I wouldn't do that. We don't. I don't need to cheat. Best podcast out there. These guys are the best. I love how in depth they go on movies and their backgrounds and behind the scenes. I never appreciated aspects of film like the relationship between the scores and the emotion of the scene, the cinematography, and so much more. I also love the brotherly, twinly because I made that a word banter <laughs> and going off the script. Some podcasts are just monotone, and these guys are far from it. Plus, they both have my name, so that's a bonus. Yeah. Anthony. Oh, is your middle name James? James? Oh, that's oh. pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. Is what his is... last name Devony? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Anthony. On this day in film history, today is August 5th. In 1962, Marilyn Monroe passed away from an, a drug overdose at the age of 36. Rise of the Planet of the Apes was released in 2011. The Little Rascals was released in 1994. 
and Risky Business was released in 1983. Wow. Which is crazy when you think about it. Tom was a leading man in 1983, and he's still a leading man in the biggest movies every year. Climbing helicopters. It's crazy. It's yeah. 40 years. It's wild. That's it. Who's done that? That's a that, true movie star. At that level. True movie star. Right I mean, there. Brad, is, he'll probably, might, might get there maybe, but I wouldn't even see Brad Pitt's even there. Or, I mean, Leo might get there. I mean, Leo, yeah, but I mean, in terms of, I don't know, about 40 years of not just acting, but like being in the biggest movies of the year. Yeah. That's something only Tom's it's done. Absolutely, absolutely yeah. absurd, man. What a legend. Guys, man. Streaming recommendation. I have two that are Amazon Prime. I have The Ring, which is a great horror movie from the 2000s, and then Mallrats, which is Kevin Smith's first movie, or is it his second movie? Did he do Clark's first? Clark's first. So Mallrats is actually really good because uh, Ben Affleck is in it. He's like... Got to be like 22 years old in it. He's horrible in it. His horrible acting act- is so yeah, bad. He's, he's the antagonist in the yeah. movie. And then uh, I, my streaming recommendation is The Mask of Zorro on Amazon Prime. Let's go. Great movie. Nice. All right, let's dive back into all of your questions. And where did we leave off? Let me find my Patty place. Marie. Patty Marie. All right, gotcha. Who asked, who wet the bed the longest? People stop wetting the bed? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I just haven't had the heart to tell you. I'm pretty sure it was you, though. I don't know. We'll have to ask mom that. That's a good question. Yeah, we'll have to get back to you. Dylan, what was the first time you thought of doing this podcast? Was it 2019? No, it was, it was 2020. No, because remember, before well, the that, fake attempt, we did a fake attempt. podcast yeah. recording. It, it might have been 2018, 2019. I lived here. No, you, I don't think you did. No? No, it was before you moved in, and you just wow. like, were hanging out, and we just recorded audio in the back studio for like a half hour of a movie and then like we never did anything with it <laughs> and i remember i listened to it and i was like hey this isn't bad oh yeah but then you know we were just busy with our lives and i don't think we fully understood the power of podcasts at the time that has to have been it yeah but then yeah so i would say that and then 2019 we we're always talking about it but the the opportunity came to be able to do it in the space we have in our in our backyard in our house and our we have a separate structure that's a studio that we turned into for our video production stuff and in the show. And we got access to that for just us from our old roommates after they left. And we got a great situation. Lockdown freed up our schedules a bit so that we could do it. And just like, yeah, it was a perfect storm of things that happened. Yeah, it's a happy accident, honestly. All right. Eric Flores asks, favorite childhood movies? I think I have a pretty good list. Let's see. Jurassic Park, Stand By Me. Um, Sandlot. And then, are we talking about just like a childhood movie with just kids in it? No, I think it's just childhood movies. Like, I have Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. Ninja- Raiders of the Lost Ark, obviously. Never Ending Story. Yes. Air Bud. The Never Ending Story. Air Bud. Classic. Prince of Egypt. Ooh, good that's one. a good one. Yeah. yeah. Aladdin. Aladdin. I loved yeah. Aladdin when I was yeah, a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, so many bangers, dude. Oh, yeah. I'm sure we're missing a bunch too. Yeah, but I think we watched Neverending Story Ninja Turtles the most. Dude, I wanted to and be a we watched so bad. We watched Air Bud a ton as yeah. well. If anyone doesn't know, Air Bud is a movie, a series of movies, it's a whole franchise about a dog, a golden sh- a golden retriever that a golden play- shit shoot. <laughs> <laughs> a golden retriever that plays various sports and he's, and he's very a, good at he's basketball. A stud. He's great at basketball. Yeah, we're we're talking about Tom Cruise being a longtime movie star. Air Bud, Bud that, that was the, the guy. Come All on. time movie star. I don't know how they let him on every team, but he still managed to do it. Yeah. The original one, he was a basketball player. Basketball player, yeah. He has, like, they have every sport now. Can you imagine if someone actually did that, like brought a golden retriever <laughs> to a basketball game? It's like, hey, he's on our time. He's, he's on our team. He's playing point guard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I saw a dog paint a painting today. So, I mean, 
Dogs are pretty smart. They're pretty cool. All right, Gavin Hosterman. If you could pick any director to direct a Halo movie, who would it be? I would just go straight Neil Blumkamp because he made the the Halo short that they were trying to get made when they were looking for a budget for the full movie that apparently the studio execs didn't like. So why not have the guy who made that, who probably loves the lore and understands the game so much and would put give everything to it, and his aesthetic fits it so well. I got Denny Villeneuve. Oh, that'd be cool. He would destroy it. He's been crushing sci-fi. Uh, I can't wait to see Yeah. Dune. He would do a great Halo movie. Scene. There's say- the Dune mention. <laughs> I almost didn't I need to get a bell for like the <laughs> Dune <time>. mention. <laughs> I almost didn't say it because you were gonna be like, "Oh, here we go, Dune again." <laughs> I'm sure some of the listeners are like, "Is he is he bringing up Dune again?" <laughs> Jesus, get a Dune tattoo. There it is. All right, Taj Booth asks us, "What's your guys' opinion on remakes?" I wouldn't say that I'm always like totally against them. I just think the problem is they're just too many right now, and not even just remakes like. The remakes that are are really origin stories, which you could say it's like cheating at a remake where they, they don't remake the movie, but they make an origin story for the movie that they want to remake. Yeah, exactly. And then the movie ends with like the fully formed person where you know, you know, I know what you mean. And I also, th- I, I'm totally fine with remakes as long as they're not remaking masterpieces like movies that should never be remade. Like they should never do a remake of The Matrix. You know what I mean? And I don't want them to do Harry Potter remakes. They probably will eventually. Yeah, that'll suck, man. But I think that remakes can work for stories that are involve science fiction because technology changes and you know you can do a lot more than you used to be able to do. But also, like, I think that remakes, like you said, they need to ease down on them. There's plenty of original ideas out there where studios tend to go for something that's a name brand already. Like, oh, people know this. Let's just make a new one and they'll guarantee us some box office and. That never really works out, honestly. I mean, speaking of Ghostbusters, that, that was the intermission. I mean, they tried to remake Ghostbusters like five years ago, bombed. And now they're doing the origin of like a new group of Ghostbusters. So yeah. it's like, will it work? I don't know. Is it going to make a lot of money? But you could you could still do a fun teen coming-of-age drama story about paranormal without it being Ghostbusters. Exactly, but you're right. They yeah. just want like to a slap a sticker on it. Yeah, they need that name recognition. Which is like, like being a politician. Like the better name recognition you have, the better you are and at I, succeeding. I know studios, yeah, they're they're in the business of making money. They don't make movies just for fun, guys. They don't make it so that we can enjoy them. They make them to make cheddar cheese. Cheddar. They're trying to make cheese and grilled cheese and sandwiches with all those bags. They're trying to <laughs> oh, make, now I want a grilled cheese. trying to make bags. So oh, man. you would wish that they would be more brave in what they would choose to green light for for movies and Cowards. stuff. <laughs> they are. I could run Take studios. it easy in case they're listening. I know, I'm kidding. We love y'all. Yeah, you guys are great. No, the thing is, studio executives, people, they, they get a bad rap, but people don't become studio executives in the film industry because they don't they because they don't like movies. They do it because they love film. And you know what I mean? They they enjoy they all love movies. Yeah, that's why they're, they're passionate it. about yeah. it. Yeah. So it's just like they all but they have a, a dollar figure they have to hit every year. Otherwise they get a fire people or not be able to make movies. So it's important for them to hit their quota. And it's, so they're it, driven yeah. by that. It's, it's just t- the fact of life. It's a tough question. It's to, business. Yeah. All right. Sebastian Men- Mendez, what are your favorite foreign films? Probably Old Boy and La N. I have uh, a few. I have Fanny and Alexander, El Infant, Four Months, Three Weeks, Two Days, Itumama Tambien, The Seventh Seal, and The Hidden Fortress. Nice. Nice. All right. Nick, Nick Rodriguez. I got it. You got it. Do you guys try to make each episode under 1.5 to 2 hours purposefully? Because as a fan, I honestly wouldn't mind long episodes. I know you did a few in the past when we started up, but wondering if there would ever be longer podcasts in the future. So 
we we when we first started, we were doing pretty long episodes, but um, we weren't uh, editing them. We weren't doing as much editing. We weren't doing as many TikToks, uh, and so nowadays we're not just making two episodes a week. We're doing four a week, uh, plus Patreon, and we're making a ton of uh, content for social media and TikTok. And so editing uh, editing the three hour episodes takes a long time, and we just don't really have the schedule right now to do all of that editing. So it's the easier workload to keep it around an hour and a half hour 15 is a perfect time for us like editing wise yeah who knows what it'll be like in like down the road in like yeah. six months if know. we get an editor we could go longer yeah. but it just takes a long time to edit the video yeah if, if we get like 350 patrons and i can quit my job then i can go full time on editing too yeah then, then that then we can make longer episodes yeah, for so sure if anyone wants to join patreon that'd be dope yeah. <laughs> so right now it's, <laughs> yeah that's joining patreon is the most helpful thing you can do but right now in terms of our practical making of the show, it's just easier to keep it under an hour and a half. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. We're putting in like 100 hours combined on the show a week, and it's, it's just it's, it's a lot of work just to just to get the episodes up, let alone making all the content, all yeah. the posting. And, and we respond to a lot of people on social media too, so it's, yeah. like, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it takes about, uh, for the three-hour episodes, five, six hours to edit, yeah. so it's a long time. And I think what we do is so unique. I don't think anyone's really doing movie podcasts to what we do in our caliber of editing and in and yeah, we're quality. both very good editors. And so it's it's just really something that we want to maintain, and we don't want to like water down our editing just to do something faster, you know? Exactly. All right, Nathan Hoekstra. If you could pick a video game that's not already a movie to be created into a movie, which game would it be? Halo. Zelda. Oh, Zelda would be so cool. Zelda would be epic. Like if I could do anything, it would probably be a Zelda movie. You know what else would be cool? Metroid. Metroid would be awesome. That'd yeah. be badass. Yeah. Or like, oh, actually, no, that wouldn't work. So do you hate your answer now? No, I think I would still go with Halo because Halo is so dope. Yeah. yeah, Zelda would be insane. That would be pretty epic. Maddie Robbie asks us if you can... And also Mike was okay. a, asked a similar question. Got it. If you could wipe one movie from your minds just to watch it again and be shocked at every twist and turn, what would it be and why? I, I have a few. Like I would do Fight Club, no, obviously. just one. Just one? Yeah, that's the question. I'll go so you can think. I picked The Matrix because of how revolutionary it was, how how incredible the story was, and how shocking. Because when you watched, when you saw the trailers, you didn't know what it was. You have no idea what this movie's about. And then when you watch it for the first time, it was the most mind blowing thing I've ever seen. So I think even being nine years old, I was totally stricken, struck by it. So I would say The Matrix if I could watch it again with a clean slate. Really good pick. Yeah, good pick. I would just, I'd probably say Old Boy. Just because, again, I, I've brought up multiple times the craziest twist I've ever seen in my life. Craziest. It's insane. The th last 10 minutes of that movie. All right. From Logan, which actor or actress do you think is a rising star? I pick Daphne Keene, who ironically starred in Logan. Mm -hmm. she, pl she plays the daughter of, oh, okay. Lo of Logan in, in the movie Logan. And, but she's super talented. She stars in the TV show His Dark Materials. And she's Spanish and English, so she can she's fluent in Spanish, so she can speak two languages fluently and act in them. And I think that she's still pretty young. I think she's like 15 right now. But from what I've seen, because I like that show, and I love, Logan's awesome. She's great in it. She, I think that she has the potential to be a gigantic star. She has like the trajectory of Shorsha Ronan because Shorsha was also Shorsha also did that crazy action movie Hannah when she was mm -hmm. like 11, 12 yeah. years old, and then her her path has just been enormous, and she's a star now. Although Shorsha, she was nominated for an Oscar when she was like 10. Okay, but yeah, for Atonement. 
but still like in terms of being a superstar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I chose Ty Sheridan. So Ty Sheridan, you recognize him probably from Ready Player One, but he's been acting for also a while. Also from X-Men. And, um, he's the young Cyclops. Yeah, but he, he's been in the game for a while. I think the first time I saw him was... Tree of Life. Was Yeah, Tree of Life. Mm-hmm. He's one of Brad Pitt's and Jessica Chastain's sons. And also Mud. Mud, yes. Yeah. Mud was like the movie I saw. I was like, who is this kid? He can really act as ass off he's really mm. good in it and yeah he was in a spielberg movie obviously with ready player one but i think that now he's getting older he's gonna start getting bigger roles and big movies that a lot of people see rather than just kids seeing and so he's actually starring opposite oscar isaac in a the car counter. counting movie yeah. that's coming out uh this year so I, I i can't wait to see him in that because it seems like an interesting role especially now he's like he's like over 18 20 years old now yeah paul schrader made it yeah, so I think he's, he's that's a great pick. He's very, very good. Yeah, he's, he's super underrated. He's one, I always have an eye on him. Yeah, he's, he's great. Yeah, he's gonna have an awesome career. Mm-hmm. Noel Murillo asked us, "Have you seen End of Watch?" I'm curious if to hear you guys' thoughts on it. It's one of my absolute favorites. Also, which superhero do you think Jake Gyllenhaal would be a perfect fit for? I like End of Watch a lot. That's yeah, that's a cool movie. Very Especially good movie. we have uh, um, people in our family who are cops, so it's really interesting to like see that perspective firsthand of what what like somewhat obviously it's exaggerated mm. but to see the day-to-day life of a police officer it's we don't really see it that realistically usually in film usually it's like a nypd tv show or whatever <laughs> like a law and order yeah like so that's not realistic but this was probably a lot more realistic minus all like the constant shootouts and the filmmaking was very creative yeah a lot of the uh, pov shots uh, dash cams body cams because so. his character's like making yeah. that student film yeah and then the rapport between uh, jake gyllenhaal and michael Pena is great. Great, oh, yeah. great They're movie. so good in that movie. Yeah. And Jake for a superhero, obviously it would have been awesome to see him as Spider-Man because he was next in line from besides Tobey Maguire. Yeah, that's who I chose for so him. I Peter Parker, that, yeah. Spider-Man. I couldn't really see him as like another major hero like like Bruce Wayne, Batman, Superman. I couldn't really see him I don't as think he could have done Batman. He, he definitely could pull off the innocence of, of Peter Parker. Yeah, I think he'd be perfect for Peter. Yeah. All right, Victor Baldonado. What y'all most embarrassing stories from your high school years? Oh, man. All right, so I have two. I have one where uh, the teacher yelled at me for picking my nose in class, and the entire class looked at me. Is this in high school? It was in that was in uh, middle school, eighth grade. Oh, okay, so that's kind of high school for some people. Oh yeah, I didn't I didn't do high school once. I didn't have anything embarrassing for high school besides your entire existence. <laughs> <laughs> Every day walking into the lunchroom, <laughs> just walking through the doors of the school. <laughs> It's sad because it's true. I think my most embarrassing moment in high school was I fainted in class my freshman year. And really? Like, freshman year is like, you're so scared of everyone wanting to like you and not like doing anything embarrassing. And I freaking fainted in class. And like, that's all I would talk about for like a year whenever they talked to me. I also got stabbed by another student with a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> and I dislocated my kneecap, so freshman year That's sucked. not embarrassing. Yeah, I'm, but, like, I was so embarrassed, like, wearing wh- the crutches. crutches and, and someone like, had to help carry your books. Yeah, that's what was embarrassing. Like, yeah. I, whenever I would have Oh, to, yeah, like, it's like, it's like, oh, there's that injured kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stick out, like, a sore thumb. Yeah. And, like, I would always be like, Everyone's oh. pitying you. I'd always be red in the face, like, on my crutches going through the hallways. But you did get to leave class early, which is cool. Oh, my God, it's funny. I Man, about I that. hated that. Be, having crutches in high school is the worst, especially because there's so many people in the hallways, and you just... Uh, I was mad because I had the top locker and you had the bottom locker. And then when you got hurt, you couldn't bend down. So we had to swap lockers. Oh, yeah. So you got the top one and I had to go down to the bottom one. Did we ever switch back? Because the lockers were done alphabetically. Yeah. So obviously we're going to be I next to each other. I think we didn't switch back. I think. <laughs> I was pissed. 
hated high school. All right. Aisha asks us several, which are awesome questions. Yeah. Any advice for aspiring, uh, for aspiring filmmakers and screenwriters? Also, if you had an unlimited budget for a movie, well, who would you cast? Well, let's start one at a time. Okay. So advice for aspiring filmmakers and screen, screenwriters. I would just say start making movies right now as often as you can. It doesn't matter what camera you're using. Doesn't matter if you're using your iPhone, which you, I mean, it's great quality compared to what we had when we were kids, but just start making movies, whatever it is. Every weekend, get some friends together, like work on stories and scripts, and just as often as you can do it. It's, it's a create, is my advice to just keep working, making content. If, if it's writing or making video or film content, just the more you do it, the better you get at it. The more skills you develop, the more understanding you have of the craft. And it's kind of, it's like a sport. It's like, it's practice makes perfect. And, the more you do something, the better you get at it. So just keep creating whatever it is. Yeah, I know a lot of you are probably in film school or thinking about film school, which is great, but it's one of those things, and a lot of crafts are like that, where you can read all the books you can about it, you can take all the classes you want, but until you're actually doing it, you don't get the intuition that goes behind it. You don't like understand the full concept of like how to make a film unless you do it yourself. So just do it, man. Nike. Do it. Just do, do it. it. Ricardo and Cola, do it. All right, if, if, you have, if you had an unlimited budget for a film, who would you cast and what would the film be about? I would say I would cast Christian Bale. Yeah, obviously Christian and Bale. And it would be a gigantic sci-fi epic. You know what would be cool? Like Christian Bale and Denzel in leading roles and like maybe like a like a cop horror drama. Oh, that would be sweet. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. All right, what's your most – oh, any film ideas, concepts we're just itching to create one day? Yeah, we, we're always uh, shuffling around ideas. Uh, I have gotten a lot of free time lately to start to – keep writing and I've written a ton of stuff over the years but most of it's not good that's the thing like yeah. whatever you write you, you're you not just gonna like write amazing things right away yeah 90% of what you write is gonna be I've trash. thrown out 90% I've, I've written like 20 scripts but I've thrown out like 18 yeah. of them but I think I've I've really gotten pretty strong recently and I have some good concepts and we def definitely just working on some some cool ideas that hopefully down the line we can produce into films one day. Yeah, don't think that your first five scripts are going to be amazing. They your first not. ten are not going to be amazing. They're not. Just keep doing it. Um, what's your most unpopular film opinion? Um, I would say that Rogue One thing. That Rogue One's not that great. That's that's well, people are gonna be irate. <laughs> you're hey, stuck, all right, and then you're stuck on an island with just a TV and one film. What's the film? Goodfellas. That's a good choice. I would, I would probably pick Goodfellas too, or maybe The Matrix. That's I think The Matrix because yeah. that never gets old. The thing is, like, I'm, I wouldn't say The Matrix is my favorite movie, but it's just such an interesting movie that I can watch that on repeat back to back and still get something out of it every yeah, time. Yeah, Goodfellas isn't my favorite movie, but I just, I can, it's the movie I can watch over and over again more than anything else. I, you know, I probably would pick Goodfellas too, just because it's so fun and and, yeah. and long, but also the soundtrack, so you have like a it's, bunch it's a, of energy. It's so entertaining. Yeah, yeah, that's a good pick. All right, great question. Travis questions. I usually oh, yeah. the best. She's also a patron. Travis Yoakum. If you had all the money you could want to ask for and was greenlit in a movie, I'm guessing a, a movie was greenlit by any big name studio with no questions asked, what would the genre of film you put together, who would score it, and who would be in your starring cast? It's funny that you said Christian Bale and Denzel because I have, it would be a big sci-fi epic with Hans Zimmer doing the music. <laughs> Christian Bale, Denzel Washington, and Natalie Portman would be my three leads. <laughs> I'd do like the same thing, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe put Leo in there. Mm -hmm. But a, a massive sci-fi adventure yeah. for sure. I would love to see Denzel do more sci-fi. Yeah, he would be great. 
Well, he's done he's done a lot a lot of Tony Scott sci-fi movies. All right, Andy Walker asks us, which film do you think deserves a proper sequel? Oh, we already answered this earlier. Oh, did we? Yeah, he his name was included with the person. Oh, I said. yeah, yeah, yeah. I said Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah. Well, I say well for this one, I have a different answer. All right, what is it? The Matrix. The Matrix, like a proper sequel. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. A new sequel, <laughs> and the sequel is nothing because it's perfect. <laughs> All right, Luke Roberts, best sci-fi film, two thousand one Space Odyssey. Yeah, two thousand one Space Odyssey, hands down. Carlos, favorite Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm going with the original, first one. Yeah, that's great. It's groundbreaking. Great, great filmmaking. Pete Snyder. If you guys were actors, which one of you would stunt double? Oh, um, so I would do both act and stunt double. Anthony would be my assistant's assistant. (laughs) (laughs) I would just respond to your emails. (laughs) I'm glad you think so highly of me. (laughs) Danny Crombie. Aren't you going to answer? I would just answer that I would be the actor and you'd be the stunt double. Oh, okay. Well, actually, you're great at stunts. Thanks. Well, <laughs> have I ever done stunts before? No. <laughs> I probably am. I'm super athletic. See, I knew you'd like <laughs> All you got to do with James is compliment him and you can get him to agree with anything. I'm very susceptible to, susceptible to flattery. Before, before you do the next one, uh, let's talk about movie posters. Oh, you mean the best place to get your posters online? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Movieposters.com. Use our special promo code Raiders15 to get 15% off your order today. They have a huge selection, pretty much every movie imaginable, all sorts of sizes, framing, backlighting. If you're checking out our set on YouTube, you will see that it is decked out with these amazing posters. High quality, best printing you can pay for. And also, it's not even that expensive. They're very cheap. Now, head on over to MoviePosters.com and use our promo code Raiders15 to get 15% off your order today. Great job. Great job. Oh, I need a little water. Yeah, let's do a water break. Glug, 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 glug. <laughs> we need to get bigger cups. All right, let's get back to the questions. Danny Crombie asks, who's the Alpha Twin? I mean, is we that, all know who is that, that is. Really question? We all know who uh, it we, is. We all know who it really yeah, is. We all know who we it all know re- who it really, really is. Yeah, but really, we all know who it is. You, you all watching, I'm winking. You all know who it yeah, really is. We know. Yeah, we, we, we know. know. <laughs> we know who it. We know who it definitely isn't. <laughs> yeah, that's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like we're not going to get a straight answer to this one. <laughs> oh, man. What's uh, your favorite restaurant in Boston? Um, oh, that's tough. There's so many good ones. I have a, you'll love mine, right? I love um, Stockyard. Stockyard Kids? Stockyard Kids. It's going to stick at Stockyard. Or uh, there's some great places in, in um, the North End, like Florentine's is awesome, Bancato is great. There's so many great Italian restaurants. I picked Bugaboo Creek. Bugaboo <laughs> Creek is not even there anymore. Yeah, but it was. <laughs> <laughs> is it there? I think so. If anyone lives in Watertown, is Bugaboo Creek still there? <laughs> that place was sick. The best. All right, but we got to talk about Bugaboo Creek. Why? So Bugaboo Creek was like this big barbecue steakhouse you could say but it was in like an enormous building it's a huge restaurant with like huge rooms yeah and they had when you walked in there was a talking tree that would like dance and talk to you it was motion activated and then each of the big dining rooms there were um moose heads and elk heads and they and were bison heads and yeah. they were animated they would talk and, and sing songs and stuff yeah, it was the best and it, when it was your birthday it would do a birthday song yeah. too yeah and you would go there and you get a big rack of barbecue ribs oh, with a huge God. plate of fries and so coleslaw good. It's the best, and, and that, we had so many great family dinners there. Yeah, a lot of birthdays there too. Yeah, that was what that was like our favorite. Like, if if our mom was like, "Where do you want to go for your birthday?" We'd be like, 
Bugaboo Creek. Yeah. <laughs> just the name. Yeah. That or the Chateau, obviously, oh, for yeah, some Chateau, Italian yeah. toasted ravs and chicken parm. But um, Bugaboo Creek was the first place I ever had red velvet cake. Oh, and, yeah. And I was like terrified to try it because I was like <laughs> I nine remember, yeah. and not cultured. And it became the color my, you didn't like. became my favorite thing when I was like eight or nine. And you used to get the coupon in the mail for when your birthday was cut up. So like they were really great at their marketing. Like yeah. it was like a dentist office when it's your time for your clean time for your birthday here's a free coupon for a free dessert and yeah. i'd be like let me get some red velvet cake ma that was always like a special occasion place oh, we would go i miss bugaboo yes. I, I doubt it's there though tell me that's a good answer that is excellent answer man thank you yeah, <laughs> yeah it was in watertown the one screw we the to. fancy restaurants i want the barbecue ribs they were good they were so good all right and also another question from danny first scary movie y'all ever watched or do you have any ghost stories? Probably. Well, our older brothers would let us watch bad horror movies with them. And it was really scary for us because we were little. And I would say I, Chucky is probably the child's earliest. Play. Yeah, Child's Play, yeah. I think, for sure. I had, had nightmares about Chucky I was horrified, from age horrified four of to him. 12. No, yeah. I still sometimes dream about Not really anymore, but there was like 15 years of my life where I dreamt of Chucky regularly. So you haven't even gotten over Over Chucky? Yeah. I don't even want to watch that TV show or any of the new <laughs> movies, man. It still creeps me out. Um, I don't have any ghost stories. I don't, yeah, believe, I don't, believe, I don't in believe in ghosts. Sorry. I don't, I don't have the name on the person who wrote this. Sorry, I, I lost you in the shuffle when I was making this list. But your question was... Your, we can find it. I'll put it on the video. Yeah, your Mount Rushmore of most satisfying revenge kills. And you wrote some of yours. Two of them I, I would t totally pick. Maximus killing Commodus and Gladiator. And then David Mills killing John Doe in seven. Those are great choices. Yeah, th I, those are really good ones. I also have the Bastards killing Hitler in Inglorious Bastards. Oh, that's Bastards. great. And then I have Harry killing Voldemort oh, nice. in Harry Potter. And then I have Diggin killing Sergeant Sullivan in The Departed. Oh, that's a great one, too. Yeah. I think I would also pick 2001 Space Odyssey when he kills Hal. Yeah, yeah. But when he, when Diggin kills Sullivan, it's like, yeah, kill him, F him. Yeah, yeah kill him. It's like super satisfying yeah. to see him die because he caused uh, Costigan to die. All right. Great question. Really good. All right. Chase Panel. What is your secret, all caps, guilty pleasure movie that you haven't been open about discussing on the show? Starship Troopers. <laughs> that's just a great movie. Yeah, but that's totally a guilty pleasure. Yeah, it's a trash movie. <laughs> <laughs> Pride and Prejudice. Oh, 100%. He yeah. loves that movie. I love that stuff. But I'm not secret about it. I openly say that I love romantic period pieces. So you didn't properly answer the question. Well, though. I don't have a secret guilty pleasure, but that is my guilty pleasure movie. Nice. All right. Sam Basque asks us, if either of you could direct your own film, what kind of film would it be? I think we got a similar question. Earlier. Yeah, so sci-fi. Horror, sci-fi, period piece. One of those. Maybe all blended together. Jacob Conlon, would you ever do a podcast where you both pick your favorite movie from the same genre and have a friendly debate about which is better? Yeah, that'd be a fun one. I think that's a good that's idea. Good idea. Yeah, I think that's definitely a good idea. Um, MX Infinity Media asked us, what's the plot of the new Indiana Jones movie, and do you guys think it'll be any good? We don't know the plot yet, um, but we do know it involves Nazis, so that's a great callback to the older indie films. My thing about it being any good is we're not really sure because... Uh, Lucas and Spielberg didn't make the story. They hired new writers. They have a new writing team, and uh, I think Spielberg has an EP credit, but he's not involved in the actual storytelling of it. So I'm just not sure if those two aren't steering the ship, what it's going to be like. So we'll see. I, I think it'll be a good movie, but I have a suspicion that it's going to be totally different than I agree. All the other indies made. It, it won't have that same magic or tone, maybe. But we'll see. James Mangold's a great director. Logan was awesome. So I think it's going to be, overall, it'll be a good movie. Yeah. But I don't think anyone knows the plot yet. Yeah. Um, Lene, 
which director movie made you fall in love with movies? I would say Spielberg, but like a combination of like E.T., Raiders of the Lost Ark, just like all of his old classics, Jurassic Park, like because he's made so many great movies that are just fam family oriented and kid friendly. I wouldn't even, well, some of those aren't even kid friendly really, but I think Spielberg in general. Uh, Scorsese for me. I, when I was younger, I would watch things like Taxi Driver a lot. I would watch Raging Bull a lot. Um, yeah, Anthony was like six eating popcorn watching <laughs> Taxi Driver. <laughs> no, when I was like teens. I'm kidding. I'm joking. And I, I would I would watch a lot of his movies over and over again. And that he really made me look at films in a new way, in a new light. And it was a I was in like after high school, I would watch Taxi Driver yeah, like 20 times. I remember that, yeah. And then two more from her. Um, also, do you think Warner Brothers will ever get their shit together with the DC movies like how Disney did with Marvel? I do not think DC will. I think DC is totally – well, to, the two part of that is unfortunately they're completely abandoning Snyder and his vision and what he was setting up and preparing. And we wish he wouldn't, but I mean like you said, the corporate drama, I think that's tying into it for sure. Um, it's, I, it's a tough call. I don't think they'll ever be able to do the team up. I'm not sure if they will. Yeah, we've talked about where they rushed the team up without getting fully-fledged independent films going and, and franchises going, and then they got cold feet with the Snyder Cut and the Snyder Vision and the Snyder um, Future, So they, and they abandoned that. So I honestly don't know what direction they're going, really. I think that for the future, they're just going to be doing standalones um, probably indefinitely. I don't see them combining characters anytime soon. Well, The Flash— Well. Is it going to have Ben Affleck in it, though? Yeah, I mean, there's set photos. Oh, well, I guess so, but... The Flash is going to have Supergirl in it, too. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I just think that... I'm just saying, I don't think we all... we Anyone knows what they're going with. Yeah. I think they're kind of making it up on the fly. I think that, like, they're like, oh, these parts worked and those parts didn't work, so we're, we'll keep the good ones going and then man, hope I just, for the best. I just want Justice League 2, man. That would have been... Oh, he set it up so well, too. Yeah, it would have been too epic. Bad. Anyways. Dan Gullard. Oh, what about Jason Fleming? Oh, did I skip him? Yeah. Sorry. Do you have any interest into going into the film industry? And do you have any experience in the past? So, yeah, we want to oh, yeah, yes. direct, write, and produce. Yeah. Dan Gullard, which actor-role combination do you think should happen? Should have happened. My my mind instantly goes to Willem Dafoe as the Joker. That would be amazing. Like, even just his smile and his creepy laugh, like, his, as Osborne, like, he'd be perfect as the Joker. Yeah, we've talked about that recently. Very, very good choice. I would love to see Christian Bale as Travis Bickle. Oh, like a remake keep, or yeah, a sequel? Just as like re-envisioning of the character. I think it would be really cool. That's, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Taylor asked us, what's your favorite sport and Marvel character? Finally, a quote, nobody tells me wrong. No, nobody tells me nothing. So no, that's get, the quote. You, you gotta say it like in the movie, nobody tells me nothing. Nobody tells me nothing. That's Hot Fuzz, right? Or no? I don't know what it is. No, it's Hot Fuzz, right? Who says it? One of the um the 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 cops at the precinct. Maybe. I'm pretty sure it's Hot Fuzz. Hold on, let me, oh. let me Google it. You so, favorite sport is football. And then, my favorite Marvel character is Blade. Football is just easier to watch. There's only 16 games, unless you're a, a Tom Brady fan, then there's always going to be 21 games. But, uh, <laughs> and I yeah, love, Hot Fuzz. Huff, nice it's job. It's the guy with the curly hair. He's at the at the front desk. Got it. That's got the it, guy. Because remember, it. and he has a twin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody yeah. tells me nothing. nothing. I yeah. knew it. Yeah, yeah. Good one, man. Thanks. Great job. What's your favorite Marvel character? Um, oh, Blade's a good choice. I just think I really just fell in love with Cap, Captain America throughout the whole. Did you fall in love with Cap, or did you fall in love with Chris Evans? I mean, who doesn't fall in love with Chris Evans? <laughs> I mean, come on, jeez, real talk. 
Uh, Mason Platt, what are your thoughts about doing an episode on some older coming of age films like Days and Confused, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and also I think so. Yeah, I think that'd be fun to do our back to school episode on. We're definitely gonna do that now. Avery, I'm begging, please do a Sopranos episode or something along the, the lines Gabagool. of it. We need the Gabagool. Yeah, we'll do something like that. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Maurice, this is a question for the podcast. Who is the most underrated actor and who is the most overrated actor? Good one. All right. Most Good question. underrated actor, Nicholas Holt. This guy, you can tell, has probably been top two in every major role for his age range. He's he was, lost a lot of big roles. He was number two for Batman, for the Batman coming up that he lost to our patch. So, I mean, he was, number, he was almost Bond. Yeah, so there's probably a, a different uh, Earth, too, where Nicholas Holt is the biggest actor on the planet. <laughs> so he's just been that close. So, but he's still a very talented guy. I have Ben Foster. Yeah, Ben's awesome. Super, super talented. And he's usually uh, generally supporting roles, so he doesn't really lead too many movies. But And a lot of people don't know him by name. For the most part, but I think he's extremely talented. Now, overrated actor. Who you, you go? Zac Efron. <laughs> he's, he's serviceable. Serviceable, yeah, but I'm not. He's I, not. He's, I've just never been blown away by him. I saw that Ted Bundy movie that he's yeah. in. He's that movie's yeah. not that good. I saw some of it. I'm like not buying it. Um, he's good at what he does. He's like The Rock. All right, so overrated. I have two choices, and I'm sorry if I'm gonna offend anybody. Uh, Cara I'm De already La offended. Cara Delevingne. I agree with that. She's she's good, but it seems like she was just like because she's so famous and you know a huge social media person, they like forced her into so many movies. And then also Kristen Stewart is. I think she's a good actor, but I don't know if I would like say that like she seems to like get the recognition of someone like Saoirse Ronan. I think where I think Saoirse is talented, more talented. Saoirse is on a different league than Kristen Stewart. Yeah, for not sure. that she, Kristen's not a great actor. She is, but yeah. I think just overrated like. A little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Not to be mean. We'll see how she does. She's playing uh, Princess Diana in a new movie. But like you said, like I kind of agree because like when it was cast as Kristen Stewart as Princess Diana, I was like, really? Kristen Stewart? I don't know about we'll that. We'll see. But we'll see. I, I like her. She's great. But, you know, going to answer the question. Hey, you were being honest. I was. That's just hey, all I can you're, be. you're entitled to your opinion, man. Canceled. Kyle Mulhern asked us thoughts on Rocky Horror Picture Show. And I'm... Afraid to say, I've never seen it. I'm, I saw uh, it a long time ago, like in high school. Yeah, I just never got around, never, never watched it. Yeah, I, I, but I've been meaning to for a while. Maybe we'll we'll do it in like October or something. Yeah, a lot of people really love it. All right, let's see what we got. Run, sorry, you go, you go. Josh Cubit asked, "Do you two want to pursue creating films in the future?" Absolutely. Yeah. Kay. Blake Bishop asked, "What do you think of the Cornetto trilogy?" Epic. I love to do an episode on it. I love them. They're so much fun. I've seen those movies a lot of times. Mm. Um, Run Run You. Are there any movies that you two have a completely different opinion on? I mean, where the difference is so wide, you guys consider not being twins anymore. <laughs> um, I, well, I really love a MacGruber. I never said I don't love MacGruber, but do you love it though? I don't love it. It's funny, but like I so think we're not twins anymore. <laughs> I think you like put it on a comedy pedestal. Yeah, it's great. But also, I love Game Night, and you're like Game Night, really? Yeah, Game Night's funny, but I'm like you, you adore Dude, it. That movie. Jesse so Plemons good. is really funny. The movie's so good. Yeah. All right, so yeah, it's because you mentioned Game Night every week. I no, swear I to don't. God, no, I every don't. week you mentioned Game Night. That's not true. It's pretty close to fake true. news. Not true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, Christian, we're definitely not twins anymore. Christian Black, your favorite books. Um, favorite book? Yeah, if you had to pick one. For me, it's like it's tough to choose one. Like, I, Dune, No Country for Old Men, 
Count of Monte Cristo, I really like. And then also, but my favorite thing to read is Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, the Sherlock short stories are fantastic. But also, like, The Hound of Baskerville is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, cool. so I say Count of Monte Cristo. Sam, blondes or brunettes? Brunettes. I don't care. I, I welcome all shapes, sizes, looks, whatever you are. It doesn't matter to me. As long as you're confident. <laughs> what a great non-answer. That doesn't matter to me. I don't care what color your I hair know, is. It's just a fun what question. What about redheads? Yeah, that's true. I feel bad. You know, I don't care what color your hair is. You can have blue hair. Who cares? I say brunettes. <laughs> Very specific. Niles Keating, what's your favorite thing that's happened since starting the podcast? Connecting with all of you amazing people around the world and, and developing all these fans and people who actually tune in and listen because we started not we we had one view like the first day we we're like oh this is gonna be terrible no one's gonna tune in that's exactly what I said and now I didn't now look we, at us I didn't think anyone would listen to it we're gonna break two hundred thousand streams in July it's gonna be awesome when we posted the first video I'm like we're gonna get like two watt two views and that's it and then we're gonna do like then I was like we're gonna do like five episodes it's probably the first month we we hardly had anyone tuning yeah, in yeah it was I was like. You were like, let's stick with it. You were like, we got to stick with it. I was, I was like, like, dude, TikTok's going to blow us up. I was Just like, wait. all right, all right. Because like, we were getting like 20 views an episode. I was like, trust episode. me, man. TikTok is the key. But then like when you get messages like what Luke sent us today, that just really makes you feel really good about it. Like that we're actually connecting with people and, you know, touching them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's great. Cindy Spinoza asked, what's a movie y'all think deserved better and everyone should try watching again? She says, Tenet. No, I said Tenet, sorry. Oh, you said Tenet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my answer. Tenet, because a lot of people disliked that movie. I mean, as many people that loved it, I'd say more people hated it or didn't like it. Or yeah, I got a lot of hate. Didn't understand it. Of all of his movies and the comments we got on our clips and our videos on it, people bashed it so much and said that it was stupid, made no sense, didn't understand the dialogue. Um, I think that if you watch it a few times and some people are like, why do I have to watch a movie twice to get it? Because you get something out of movies every time you watch them. I love watching movies over and over again. It's it's art. You you see something new. You pick up something different. Um, If you watch Tenet two or three times, you'll understand how it it could be a borderline masterpiece. But you know how a better way of understanding it is watching our full episode on it. Oh, yeah. We broke it down. Yeah. We came out, it came out in spring. So, So what? No, it came out in September. We did a full explanation of Tenet. So pretty, check that out. Pretty epic. Mine was uh, The Invisible Man, which came out last year, starred Elizabeth Moss because it got good. It made decent money because it came out right before the pandemic. It made good money and got great reviews. But I think that it was just extremely underrated. I honestly, it was my favorite movie that year after um, The Father. And I was just, I knew it wouldn't get nominated for anything. And obviously it didn't get nominated for anything because it's a horror movie. But I think all, Elizabeth Moss gave the best performance of the year. I think the script was one of the best scripts of the year, and the directing is sensational. I think it's an absolute masterpiece of horror, and I think everyone should watch it. Yeah, it's one of my favorite horror movies I've ever seen. Yeah, and I'm so glad you convinced me to watch it. Like, cause you you watch it, and you're like, dude, you have to watch Invisible Man, and then you finally sat me down. And you're like, I'll watch it again. We're watching. <laughs> it. I bought it again. I was like, I'll buy it again. I don't care. I don't care. It was so good, so great. All right, Marcus Jackson, thoughts on Book of Eli? I think Book of Eli is a cool movie. I just think the script isn't super strong and it could have been better and I would say I think Denzel was awesome in that role like I, I love to see him in that post-apocalyptic environment but again I think it's just the script which was a little bit of a letdown and the villain is Gary Oldman was crazy but like also kind of a flop sort of like the same feeling as Kristoff in the James Bond movie mm-hmm. I didn't see Book of Eli actually I have I still haven't gotten it's around pretty to cool. it yeah. it's cool like cool post-apocalyptic yeah, I just never I never got around to it Emilia Kunis is really good in it too mm. Michelle What's a movie that everyone loves, but you just can't get into? Rogue, Rogue One. One. 
<laughs> it's got like an 8.1 on IMDb, and I think I'm I'm like it's a good movie, but it's not 8.1. You look at the caliber of movies that are 8.1. I'm like I just I just don't I just disagree with that. So many people are unsubscribed. Unsubscribed. Samuel McBride, what inspired you to make the podcast? Bad movie podcast. Yeah, <laughs> basically, <laughs> not liking any of them. And the thing is, this is how me and Anthony have always talked we've always like we'd be shooting the shit in the kitchen or the living room we'd just be talking about movies and we watch movies all the time so like we already were doing a podcast between ourselves so it was just now made, we just recorded it was made sense to just turn a camera on yeah but there are movie podcasts that i tried to listen to i'm not gonna name them because you know i want to give anyone a bad name but they, I, I tried listening to them and i just was never convinced by any of them they always seem to nitpick more than anything, which I don't enjoy listening Super to people. Super critical. I don't like listening to people constantly nitpick movies, especially great movies. And people who don't make movies. Exactly. If you have no no experience making a movie, you don't understand how hard it is to just make a movie and make a good movie at that. I mean, no, they, everyone who works on movies really sets out to do the best they can, and you have to respect that. And so that's why on this show... The only we rarely nitpick. If we do nitpick, it's like one thing here or there. Otherwise, it's all positive because if we like to sh- spread the the great of the quality of movies more than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we try to keep it positive. So we were like, we can do better than those bozos. Yeah. So we just made a podcast. All right. Jackass John asked, "Why do y'all like pissing people off so much?" <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's just our personality. It's a Boston thing. Yeah. It's well, I think it, it's a little fun too. It's yeah. fun. I like when people get a little riled up over things that aren't really that big of a deal. <laughs> like you, you, you make a list of your five favorite whatever, and people are like, "How could you not include this in the list?" Like it's my list, bro. Yeah, it's like unbelievable. Jeez. People are so easily offended. All right, the retro movie page favorite Sylvester Stallone movie, Rocky. 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 All right, let's see. Who else do we have? Is that all of them? Hold, on, I got a couple. More new newer ones. Yeah, let me pull up. We're some. actually like pulling this up live. Yeah, we had a lot, guys. So I'm sorry if you because we we asked today the questions. All right. So high speed T, who's your favorite director working today? If you don't answer, unsubscribe. We better answer then. Um, favorite director working today, Denis Villeneuve or Nolan? Marty. Okay, Marty's my guy. He's your favorite. Yeah, he's your favorite all time. Um, also another one from Anna. When is the rom com episode coming? We did the well. So here's the thing: we did a Valentine's Day episode, and it's one of our worst performing ones. So we're just kind of like not sure how to approach the rom com one. Yeah, it, it it really bombed. So we were on, we were disappointed because we do like rom coms. Yeah, I love. Maybe we can do a rom com one sometime. I soon. think we gotta do. I want to do like Mean Girls in like something else similar to that. Okay, yeah, I think that would be. We could, I think Mean Girls would kill. Yeah, Mean Girls would do well. Maybe Mean Girls and Bridesmaids. But those aren't strictly speaking rom coms in the strict in like rom coms are like I think those are ensembles more than rom coms. Yeah. Well the thing with, with Mean Girls yeah, Mean Girls isn't a rom com. I don't know why I said that. That's just a comedy. It's a great movie. It'd be cool to do Mean Girls and Bridesmaids in the same episode. That's literally great. what I said. I wasn't even listening to you. I said we could do Bridesmaids with me. I literally didn't listen to a word you said. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get any of oh that. Oh my god. You did I'm, that last time. I'm pulling up episode. questions. <laughs> this one's from Ethan Folsom. I was wondering if you guys would ever do a Blade Runner versus episode. We did. We did Blade Runner versus Blade Runner 2049. Did we? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no, did we? No, no, we no. didn't do that. Oh, what we did was a modern sci-fi. With... Yeah, we never did that. Oh, That's Ethan, a great episode. Great idea, Ethan. So yeah, we should do Blade Runner versus Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, that, right. that would be cool. You're on, we're on it, Ethan. Sorry for getting mixed up there with you for a second. Um, let's see what else we have. Give me one sec. All right. 
Hey, take your time, man. Take my time. I could sing a song. Well, do you, do you really want me to take my time? No, hurry up. <laughs> All right, here we go. The people are waiting. Why is Justin Hammer the hero of Iron Man Two? From Joe Joffrey, uh, why Justin Hammer is the hero of Iron Man Two? I guess you could say because didn't he try to stop Mickey Rourke's character eventually? No, Mickey Rourke took advantage of him and took all of his tech. Yeah. So Justin Hammer didn't stop him, but you could say he's the victim of the movie. Yeah, you could. You could say, he's, yeah, he's the victim. Still a nefarious character, though. Yeah. All right, Emily Film, do you guys have a letterbox? Yes, we do. Just Raiders Lost Pod, you'll find us on there. Bryce Smith, favorite movie scene. I still think my favorite movie scene of all time is the docking scene in Interstellar. That thing gets my hair raised like nothing else, man. It's like I'm <laughs> electrified. Favorite movie scene? That's tough. Maybe, um, I love the 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 final scene of There Will Be Blood in the bowling alley. I'm surprised you didn't pick Heat at the diner because you talk <laughs> about Heat every week. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing it back in your face, kid. I've never mentioned Heat at all. I don't even you like mentioned that Heat movie. like five episodes in a row because <laughs> it was relevant. <laughs> But I'd say I, the bowling scene in there we That's pretty epic. Yeah. It's a good choice. Um, Drainage. <laughs> Sheridan McGivern, what was your favorite episode to do? Um, I love any time we do a Chris Nolan movie. Like, Interstellar <laughs> was the last tenant was so fun. David I, Fincher was a good one. I still love 2001 A Space Odyssey, even though that one bombed. If you guys haven't checked it out, watch that one. That was that We broke that down really in depth because that's such a great movie. Uh, we've done the Batman trilogy. The Dark Knight trilogy was a great, great, great episode. Yeah, it was a great. <laughs> <laughs> we actually just did a really good one of Midsommar and Hereditary. That was so fun. Which uh, came out the the episode before this one, and I think it was a really good one. Half Blood Prince was a lot of fun too. Yeah, that, that one was too. that was great. So yeah, there's a lot to choose from. We, I mean, 111 episodes, guys, big time. Well, 113 now. All right, from Ian, that bourbon guy. What sounds better, Blu-ray, 4K, or streamed movies? I think 4K just 4K. sounds the best. All right, Eliza M. Ward. Has two. If you were on a movie crew, what role would you want to be playing? And also, what role would you realistically think you'd get to play? So, do you mean movie? All right. So, if you're on a crew, a, a crew or a cast? It says crew. Yeah, I know it says crew, but I don't know if she meant cast. I would say director. You wrote for both. Yeah, director, producer. Yeah. I want to be in charge. <laughs> Let's see. Do you Pat J. Charge? Carl, have you ever thought about taking recommendations for movies? Of course, send us whatever you want. Yeah, we're happy. We're open to recommendations for sure. Kevin Keen, most anticipated movies. We got Dune, The Batman, Bond 24. Bond is 24 or 25? 25. 25. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good time to die. Um, yeah, there's some great movies coming up. Paul Thomas Anderson's new movie. Yeah. Yeah. Underrated movie score or soundtrack? I think anything that Alexander Desplat does. Like, I think I was listening to Grand Budapest Hotel today, and no one makes music like that guy. And every one of his scores is a banger. Born Trilogy. John oh, yeah. Powell, John Powell's Powell. Born Trilogy. Oh, man. You're right. I yeah. listen to those a lot, man. Very underrated. Born Supremacy is such a good soundtrack. Ultimatum is my go to, man. Tangiers. Let's go. Not Dawson 01. What are your tastes in music? Like, what bands do you listen to? We both mostly listen to movie scores, obviously. Yeah. But I also like rock and some rap, indie rock. Like, I listen to Logic. I mean,. The Black Keys, Jack White, anything that guy touches, I'll listen to. Yeah, yeah, I like, the, I love like bluesies songs like Jack White and Black Keys, guys like that, and I love old bands like the Stones and the Beatles. We love Zeppelin. Yeah, yeah, Creedence Clearwater, I love. 
Ooh, this is a great one from uh, Reese Salt. Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Lord of the Rings. F, marry, avoid. Or actually, he, I think he's from England. Shag, marry, avoid. So Star Wars, Shag, Indy, marry, Lord. avoid. So you don't kill. What is it again, the three? Star Wars, Indy, and Lord of the Rings. Oh, that's tough. You know what? I think that is really tough. I'd marry Lord of the Rings. Me too. Lord of the Rings is just... Oh, I, I, I I'm sad that we haven't ta- we can't talk about it anymore because we yeah, already we done already it. The episode. It's so it's so good. We I would marry. You just said marry Lord of the Rings, uh, and I would um shag Indiana Jones, and I would avoid Star Wars. I would do the same thing. Yeah. Sorry, Star. I mean, we love Star Wars, but you know that's my answer. I get it. You get to shag Harrison Ford. Yeah, <laughs> you can't not shag him. <laughs> uh, Zoomer Sports, our buddy. What's up, Andrew? Did you ever think about trying to become an actor? Nah, I don't think I would want. You to. did acting though. Yeah, but like I didn't like want to pursue it. You did a great comedy acting bits. Yeah, I probably could do it, but I don't think I'd want to. You know, I could do it. <laughs> I think I, I mean if I if I did it and put my energy into it, I think I could pull it off. But I, I think you, you're very you're very uh, good comedic actor. I think. Th- thanks, man. Me, I've no interest in. Never would want to. Yeah, I'm I'm super confident on camera and stuff like that. It's just I don't know if I want that pressure. And also, it seems like the hardest job just to get. You know, just to be an actor and try to like auditions seem like the worst thing in the world. To yeah, me. have you heard Joe Rogan explaining the audition process? Yeah, it's terrible. Like I heard that story, I'm like, man, I feel so bad. For and actors. Gosling, the one where Gosling talks about it, how like yeah. every audition you go to, you show up and there's 50 people who look just like you, same colored hair, same colored eyes, dressed in the same outfit, and you're just like, all right, here I am. I'm like a cow in a herd. And that's Gosling. Yeah. So and, and even he felt like that. It's it's the the odds of making it are so hard, but like you. Just, if you work hard, sure, you might get there, but yeah. All right, let's see what else going out soon. Um, I think that wraps up. Sorry if we didn't get to your questions, guys. We got like 300, so. But if you we're going to do an episode like this again, so leave your new questions in the comments of this YouTube video so we'll make a new list for the next one. Great idea. Thanks. And thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Make sure to go to patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast so that James can quit his job when we hit 350 <laughs> patrons. and <laughs> We're almost there. We're, we're halfway there. Yeah. So thanks so much to everyone. Here's a patron and, and for tuning in around the world. We really appreciate it. And for all these awesome questions and messages we get from you all we really appreciate it we read everything you send us yeah we do thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts love y'all take care raiders of the lost podcast is a mirror image production sound mixing done by jacob kosler opening music by chase jackson